Good morning to all of you. Waving to you and sending my love to those of you who are online. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Mike and team, for the video clip. We've been on a journey with this prayer series, this life-changing prayer, you know, praying for the church, praying for transformation, and praying for the world. And we also had the honor of having three guest preachers in this series, James Tang, John Tang, John Tang, and Enoch Su, and we are very grateful for their presence and for the word that they brought to us. We have been so blessed. Can you hear me well? We are using a, yeah? This new mic, and I'm very excited about this. Um, um, and today we conclude the series. And, but it will be a short message today, okay? I will speak for about 15 minutes, which is going to be a miracle, and, but we worship a God of miracle. And then we will spend some time in prayer, okay? To conclude the series, we will be having an extended time of prayer, praying as a community, praying for the community, both near and far on this Community Sunday. So our focus today is on praying for one another. How many of you love praying for one another? Yes, thank you for those hints. Um, so the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus. And it's the book called Ephesians in the Bible. Everyone knows that book? Yeah, okay, I see many nods. And in the last part of this letter, he says to the church, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people, which means all our brothers and sisters. And one translation says, for all the saints. And another one says, for all believers everywhere. That's very inclusive. And we are to constantly pray for our brothers and sisters here and elsewhere. Now, why is Paul asking us to do that? See, the, con the context here is that we are in a spiritual battle. We sometimes call it spiritual warfare. You heard of that term, both of you? Okay, many nods here. Now, just a few verses earlier, Paul says, it's because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. In other words, we are up against more than what we can handle on our own. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his power, not in our own strength. And prayer is essentially saying, Lord, we need you. We need your power. We need to depend on you. The, the, the devil's schemes are too much for us. And we need the mutual intercession of our brothers and our sisters in Christ if we are to stand firm in the battle. But against what do we battle? What are these powers of the dark world and spiritual forces of evil? What are they? Are they this? Ghosts? So I was in Causeway Bay just the other day and I saw people burning stuff on the street. You know, something like this. So this is um, a picture that I took from the internet because I did not take a picture then, but you get the idea. And I was reminded that we are in the middle of Ghost Month. Some of you might not know what Ghost Month is, especially if you're new to Hong Kong, but Ghost Month is the seventh month of the lunar calendar where supposedly 
the underworld opens up and spirits and ghosts come out and roam around. And there's a recommended list of do's and don'ts okay, to ward off these potentially unfriendly and maybe hungry ghosts and spirits. So as, okay, but as Christians, we don't subscribe to those beliefs. But we do know that they are demonic spirits. Jesus delivered people from them. And these demonic spirits can pretend, can masquerade as what people call ghosts. Okay, and in some parts of the world and in some Christian traditions, spiritual warfare is very much about casting out demons that enslave people. But evil also comes in other forms. Now, after the Second World War, after the Holocaust, some Christians began to associate powers of the dark world with political systems, with social structures, with social institutions and economic forces. And Satan does work through human structures and the world system to create havoc, to bring violence and death. And we all do need to be praying for all of that. And I know that in the sermons, in the past sermons, in the prayer series, uh, Pastor Wade and our, and our um, guest speakers have attended to many of these things that we should be praying for. But what I want to highlight today are some of the more insidious expressions of evil, which makes it all the more important that we intercede continually for one another, that we cover the body of Christ, bathe the body of Christ in our prayers. You see, right, as the body of Christ, we are tasked with carrying out the mission of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we confront darkness by proclaiming the good news, both in word and in actions, and in praying for the world. Now, does the enemy want that to happen? No. And he will try to undermine the work of the church. So he can attack from the outside, in which case believers may stand together, though not always the case, or he can attack from the inside. It's the kind that doesn't look like evil, but it sneakily tries to destroy our faith and our trust in the good and loving God. It's the kind that attacks the character of God. It's the kind that turns God's children against God and against each other. The kind that tries to undermine God's mission in the world by undermining the integrity and the wholeness of the body of Christ. And it's often so very, very subtle. And here are some glimpses of what that could look like. So not too long ago, we saw protests, right? The mass protests in the city. And we also saw how the Christian community was divided by political colors and political views. People had good intentions. The intention of being faithful to the teachings of the Bible. But unchecked zeal could be a foothold for the devil to bring about division in the body. See, we often fight over good things and good and even godly intentions, right? Don't we do that a lot? And then there is the maligning of God's character via life events and experiences, like the pandemic, sickness and death, losses in life and persecution. 
See, the devil whispers, See, your God has abandoned you. A good God would never let that happen. See, God doesn't love you as much as he does the other person. He healed his mom, but not yours. My mom lost two sisters to cancer within a few years. She prayed her heart out that God would heal her sisters, but both passed away. And she was devastated. And the enemy whispered, God is not who he says he is. He's not as loving as you thought. If he were, he would have healed your sisters. See, when we start to doubt the character of God, to question the goodness of God, we get discouraged and cynical sometimes. And we may start to believe the accusations and the lies of the evil one. See, you are not good enough for God. Oh, you're such a hypocrite and you call yourself a Christian? You should just stop going to church. When we lose trust in God's goodness, or when we don't believe that He is for us, we may find ourselves walking away from God. And this can happen even though you're still attending a church service every week and serving in ministries. And you may find yourself praying less and less and eventually stop praying altogether. Perhaps too tired or maybe too cynical to go on. What better way to thwart, or well, attempt to thwart the redemptive work of God in this world than to incapacitate the very people tasked to carry out the work of God in this world, the church. You know, and I've seen this tactic over and over and over again in the life of many brothers and sisters, including my own life. And it's scary how such a thing that seems to repeat itself so often works almost all the time. See, most of you know my story, you know, how I've been devastated by my former husband walking out on me and how I prayed and prayed for a restoration of my marriage and it did not happen. And the devil whispered in my ears, see, God, let that happen to you. A good God would never do that. Plus, you did the right thing, you know. You prayed hard and you sought reconciliation and yet God did nothing. But this is nothing new, right? I mean, back in the Garden of Genesis, he said to the first humans, eh, is God really good? A good God would want you to have that. You know, he wouldn't forbid you from having that. You know, the fact that I'm here and that I'm holding on to my faith and that I have grown in my faith despite the dark times of my life, yes, it's because God's, God loved me so deeply. But it's also because so many brothers and sisters prayed so relentlessly for me and on my behalf when I could not find the strength in me to pray or to go on. And the fact that I am standing here bringing you his word, being a pastor here in this church, yes, it's God's calling, but so much of it is made possible by your prayers. And I know you pray for Pastor Wei and for me. We need one another. We need to intercede for one another. Like Paul, we can say, please pray for me. But how can we be praying for one another? How do we begin? We begin by recognizing that the key to our spiritual battle is what God has already done for us in Christ. 
all powers are under the rule of Jesus Christ. At the cross, he disarmed the powers and the principalities, the authorities, triumphing over them. We must begin there. These powers cannot dominate us, but will try to lead us away from God. So what must we do? We must stay alert. Stay alert to his ways, alert to evil that are not likely to look like evil. And we, have, we are to pray in the spirit which means to be guided by the Spirit. You know, sometimes we know how to intercede for this brother or that sister, this city or that nation, but sometimes we don't. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. And sometimes we think we know how to pray. It's like, oh, okay, give me the list. I'm going to pray through that. But make room for the Holy Spirit to show you perhaps something else. Perhaps there's an emergency SOS prayer coming your way from a brother somewhere that you have never met. And God put it in you to pray for that person. Make room for that. And what do we pray about and for? I mean, yes, we, 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 we let the Spirit lead us, you know. Um, but there are so many things that we can pray for. And I know if you're like me, Sometimes we get caught up with um, the practical stuff, which is every, very, very important. God cares about all the practical stuff, right? But um, I should spend more time praying for, Christ, for maturity, praying that God will strengthen my brother or my sister, praying that my brother or my sister will know God's love deeply, will know God's character deeply, that when the storms come, they are able to stand firm. You know, those of you, I mean, who have met my niece, Stephanie, you know, Stephanie, you know, and I love Stephanie, and I want her to flourish, so my prayers for her is often, God, can you please keep her safe, and which is good, and God hears that. God, keep her safe. God, um, help her to get along with her teachers, her classmates. Um, God, will you um, help her to get <clears throat> good grades? Um, but, you know, sometimes I don't pray as frequently as I should. God, will you root her in your love? Will you help her to mature in you? Will, she, will you help her to know you in such a way that when the storms of life come, and not, not there to like put in perimeters for her and protect her, that she can stand because of how deeply rooted in you she is. But don't get me wrong, I do pray for practical stuff. My first day group knows that I often ask for prayers for my dad's condition, late condition. But I should also be praying that God will strengthen him, that he will also be deeply rooted in the love of God. And we can learn to pray from Paul, even in Ephesians, themselves, uh, in Ephesians itself. So Paul, and this is a message paraphrase, Paul says, I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is He is calling you to and grasp the immensity of His glorious way of, of this glorious way of life He has for His followers. And I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. Or like Epaphras in Colossians, he prays that the church may stand firm 
in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Maybe in our prayers for each other and the world and for our family members, we can learn to pray like this too. I will end the message, this sermon, with a paraphrase of Ephesians 6.18, which we started with. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for your word. God, we teach us to pray, even as we go into a time of prayer. We look to you even for strength and help to pray. So come, Lord.